50,000 dead, millions homeless and entire towns razed. The price of an onion has risen tenfold in two years and NATO's direction hangs in the balance. Turkey goes to the polls Sunday. The stakes are enormous. As strongman President Tayyip Erdogan faces his biggest challenge yet to a 20-year hold on power. And the voters set course after a devastating earthquake and runaway inflation. This is Reuters World News, bringing you everything you need to know from the front lines in 10 minutes. I'm Kim Vanell in London. And I'm Jonathan Spicer in Istanbul. Three months after a 7.8 magnitude earthquake, it's just one of the shocking facts about this election. Millions are homeless or displaced, yet just over 130,000 of those people have registered to vote in a different place. Darren Butler visited Antakya in Hatay province. As bulldozers continue to clear rubble and daily survival is a battle, Displaced voters have to get back to the city if they want to cast a ballot. Antakya is now like a ghost town. While thousands of people died here under the rubble, many thousands more left to live with relatives elsewhere in Turkey. Those who stayed behind are staying in prefab containers, campsites or in damaged houses. I'm going to speak to Junaid Öfkeli, a district administrator in the city of Antakya. He says people here are not ready for the elections. They are still very much traumatised by the earthquakes of three months ago. I'm now in a makeshift campsite in a park in the centre of Antakya, where the local administrator is is currently counting out the election papers for voters. In one of the schools where voting will be held on May 14, container cabins have been set up in the schoolyard where people will vote. But in the city, there's little enthusiasm for the elections. Among those we spoke to, there is still frustration of what they see as the state's slow response to the disaster. Daily life is still a struggle in a city which is not expected to return to normal for years. And people are sceptical about government promises to rebuild housing within one year, leaving little hope that the elections will bring great change. Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's strongman president, is in uncharted territory. He is facing a possible defeat. Three days before polling, a survey by pollster Konda gives his main rival, Kemal Kilicdaoglu, a five-percentage-point lead. Both have held huge rallies in the final week of campaigning. But a crippling cost-of-living crisis is front of mind for most voters. The humble onion has become a political flashpoint. Kilic Daolu filmed the video in his kitchen holding an onion, warning that its price would soar if Erdogan stays in power. Ebru Tunce in Istanbul has been out talking to voters. Everyone on the street is talking about inflation, increasing car, house, cheese, meat, and even bread prices. For example, to buy an average house or an average car is not affordable for ordinary Turkish people. Even renting a flat in Istanbul is a dream now because the prices have tripled 
and it continued to go up. In the cities like Ankara and Istanbul, campaign posters and flags are everywhere. And everyone is talking about the vote. Baba Hakim Ikinci is a long-time supporter of Tayyip Erdogan. But won't be voting for the president, blaming his economic policies for eroding Turks' purchasing power. He says they can't afford the basics, and he can no longer visit his son, who lives abroad. In one of Istanbul's markets, Halim Duman is doing her regular shop. She tells us she obviously wants prices to drop. She can't afford meat and struggles to buy enough vegetables for her family. But she says the high prices are not President Erdogan's fault, saying it's the people raising prices to make bigger profits who are to blame. Erdogan is a master of political survival. Turkey bureau chief Jonathan Spicer is running Reuters' coverage of the election. Jonathan, could Erdogan's handling of the economy lose him this election? Yes, it absolutely could. I mean, if anything is going to lose him this election after 20 years governing Turkey, uh, it would be the economy. This is the main issue across the board uh, for the election, and it, we think it will drive a lot of votes. The polls are showing that Erdogan and Kilis Daoğlu are running almost neck and neck. How has Erdogan maintained that kind of support even as the economy has run away? Well, Erdogan has a very, very strong base of support. And he has other talents, including what we're seeing daily here with his election campaigning. He does have a way with crowds. He's able to energize and provide that vision for his base. He's credited with in his first, let's say, 10 years running Turkey, including bridges, hospitals, schools, colleges and universities across the country and places, you know, towns even that wouldn't have dreamed of having universities, you know, now have them. You can drive very easily anywhere across Anatolia. People like the fact that they can see a doctor, that their children can see doctors quickly that day. A lot of these changes were brought in in the first 10 years of Erdogan's reign. And they remember that. So tell us about Kilic Daoğlu and why he's doing so well now. People have very mixed feelings about him and very sharp feelings. A lot of opposition voters uh, don't really like him and didn't really want him to be the presidential candidate. They didn't like that he couldn't energize crowds uh, the way that Erdogan could. He's a um, bit of a technocrat. He's very detail-oriented, his former civil servant. He's a corruption fighter from way back. He's feisty. Well, he may not be able to magnetize the audience, he is quite energized about taking down Erdogan and resetting the country. If Kilic Daoğlu wins, what would it mean for the country's direction in terms of secularism? Kilic Daoğlu does come from the party with the secularist uh, tradition, after all. I think we can see a return to some of those instincts, but I don't think it would be the mass transformation that some might want or that some might fear on the other side of the political spectrum. Is this election just about the economy or is religion at play here too? And to the end, how important is the youth vote and the female vote? It's not just about the economy. People are looking at other issues, including, for example, the, uh, the devastating earthquakes that took place in the South. Of course, cultural issues always, always play a role. 
again, conservative Turks remember some of the reforms that Erdogan brought in to really, in their eyes, you know, make the country their own, where it was safer and and easier to conduct a pious life. We've talked to many uh, first-time voters. There are about six million of them, so quite a decisive block. And they tend to favor the opposition. They want change. They can't even remember a Turkey without Erdogan at the top. And most of them are looking for change. Most of them look at their state, at their life, and they do compare themselves with youth all over the world. They don't like the fact that their currency has been tumbling and that inflation is far and away higher than elsewhere in the world. Istanbul famously straddles two continents and underscores Turkey's international reach. It has NATO's second biggest armed force and is also a decision maker on which countries get to join. It's also played a critical role in keeping communication channels open with Russia during the Ukraine war. Andrew Gray is our senior Europe security and diplomatic correspondent and explains why DC and Brussels will be keeping a close eye on the election result. So Andrew, what would an Erdogan win mean for NATO? Well, the big first question that either winner will face is whether to lift Turkey's block on Sweden joining NATO. And so the expectation among diplomats is that if the challenger wins the election, you would see that block being lifted. What's more uncertain is what would happen if Erdogan wins another term. Some diplomats think that, you know, secure having gained another term in power, he may then be ready to decide to change position and let Sweden join NATO. Others think he will try and extract yet more concessions. How about relations with Russia? Right, that's a big question. Obviously, Erdogan has cultivated a fairly close relationship with Vladimir Putin. So a key signal for the West will be whoever wins the election, whether it's Erdogan or whether it's his challenger, whoever the winner is, what they do with regards to Russia if they start to distance themselves a bit more. People think that prospect is greater with Kalich Daroglu, but people, diplomats we've been talking to, officials also recognise that Turkey is heavily dependent on Russia economically. So I think they would expect more of a gradual shift than a radical break with Moscow. That's it for this edition of Reuters World News. We'll be back on Monday with an update on the Turkey election and the early results, plus the latest headlines and major developments from around the world. To get all our shows in your podcast feed, make sure you follow us on your favourite platform or download the Reuters app so you never miss a beat.